Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm glad to be with you for another episode, and I am so excited about today's poem. For those who are new, if you write a poem about your homecoming journey, you can send it to me at homecomingpodcast at gmail.com, and I would love to share it with our listeners. And today's poem is from Amina, and Amina is all the way in Cairo, Egypt, and she is really enjoying listening to the Homecoming Podcast. So I'm so glad that you are a part of our journey, Amina. And let me share your poem. It is Amina Setki. A room with no air, just a fact and is not fun. Cause this room is me, body, bones and flesh, yet I cannot run. I look the same, you wouldn't notice, but all I feel is numb. I twist, turn and laugh to cope. I can hear you call me dumb. No place to go, all roads are closed, like there's an earthquake and all is null. But the truth is, it's just a broken home with lots of harm being done. That an earthquake is considered a roller coaster, and I'd invite you all to come. Rather than spending a day in my room, where it's so bright you can't open your eyes, and not because of the sun. Ah, Amina. I feel that and I am with you in that room. And as you said, that room is you, your body, your bones, your flesh. I thank you so much for painting for us that picture of what it feels like when we're in that place of numbness, uh, but really dealing with the realities of harm. And so I'm grateful, grateful for your words, for your heart, for your spirit and for your presence here as a co-journer on this homecoming uh, experience. Yes. So Amina, we're grateful you're here. And for all of you, my heart is full knowing that all around the world, we are making this journey home to ourselves. And a part of that experience can sometimes be the numbness as well as the pain And so today we have a really important topic, and that is grieving the loss of a loved one, grieving the loss of a loved one. And we want to really take a look at the realities of grief and mourning, especially in times like this, when there have been so many losses, so many loved ones um, who have passed away and death of a loved one can really stop us in our tracks. It can cause us to uh, lose our balance emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. It can even result in our bodies kind of shutting down and being what Amina said, feeling numb, 
right? Feeling that disconnection uh, with the loss. And so I am really appreciative of those who are trying to make their way back home to themselves, even with the realities of grief, of mourning, of loss. And whoever, whomever, uh, the person or persons are that you lost, I want you to know we as a community extend our condolences and our sympathies to you. There are those who have buried parents, those who have had to bury their children, siblings, partners, spouses, friends, cousins, great-grandparents, and whomever the person was in your life. The fact that they uh, were in your heart, touched your heart, uh, affected you in some way, shaped you uh, to really take in the impact of what it means to try to put the pieces of life back together again and sometimes putting them together in a new order because we understand that death can shatter uh, so much of our life experiences that when we resume, it often will not look like or feel like it did before. And so being prepared uh, to accept the new reality of life without your loved one. And there can be so many emotions that come up related uh, to the death of someone you care about. And Amina said one of the words, which is numbness of just not being able to feel emotionally, not even feeling it in your body, in your heart, in your spirit. And then some people experience a denial or disbelief, you know, that this can't be real. And, and it feels uh, unimaginable uh, that life is supposed to go on uh, without this person. And so uh, there can be uh, just a sense of uh, unrealness to it all and really questioning uh, even if you know a part of you knows there still re remains this part um, that just does not believe it. Not only do we deal with numbness, denial, or disbelief, uh, for some life becomes very confusing, especially if this person was like an anchor for you, like a compass for you, uh, someone you really did life with, uh, that you talk with regularly, spent time with, uh, and even those who perhaps you uh, lived in another city at this point. Maybe you moved away, uh, but still this person was in some ways like a heartbeat or a touchstone, a, a significant uh, rock, right? A significant part of the foundation of your life. And so it can be very confusing making sense of the rhythms of life, making sense of identity, making sense of future without this person, especially if you always imagined life with them, right, of doing life together. And so it can be disorienting uh, to try to make your path uh, from here or even just getting through each day. Uh, there can be a lot of confusion about what now and does it really matter? And there could even be a shifting in values and priorities uh, because when those that we care about uh, die, there is a uh, often an emergence 
of the recognition of the urgency of now, of recognizing how sacred time is and in some ways how limited time is and how it is not guaranteed. And sometimes then the confusion is about what do I really want to do with my time on the planet, right? What do I really want to do in this lifetime? Uh, Because now it's very much clear uh, that time is sacred and that um, the unexpected can occur. And so uh, sometimes it can shake things up and having to shake and remake uh, the very fabric of your life. Uh, For some, there really is still being in shock especially when we talk about unexpected death and traumatic loss, traumatic grief and loss, um, is uh, this sense of being stunned, you know, like that your world got turned upside down uh, without notice, that someone pulled the carpet uh, from underneath your feet, um, that suddenly, you know, left was right and up was down, like everything gets turned around. And so just feeling stunned. You know, you may find yourself uh, sometimes really barely breathing or that shallow breath uh, that we get into when we're in that place of shock. Um, And that shock, of course, can affect your sleeping, can affect your appetite. And then, of course, there is uh, the sadness and the despair, you know, of uh, just feeling uh, that sense of a depressed mood, um, uh, really feeling like the things that used to be pleasurable or enjoyable, maybe not so pleasurable or enjoyable anymore, and just missing the person, you know. So some will talk about that that yearning or a sense of emptiness, uh, you know, a desire to just be able to be in conversation with them, to be able to just be in their presence. Uh, to to want more time, right? A desire uh, to have more time with that person. Uh, there can also be anger, and that anger can be in multiple directions. Uh, sometimes people are angry at the hospital or the doctors, uh, feeling like they did not do enough to save your loved one, um, or that it was their fault um, that the that the loved one died. Uh, sometimes we are angry at ourselves. Uh, thinking we could have done more or we should have done more. Uh, Sometimes we're angry at the person, um, at either uh, their health habits or behaviors, or if the person committed suicide, um, or that the person uh, did not tell us that they were suffering um, or did not uh, give us time or make use of time to try to make things right. So there can be anger related to that. Um, There can also be anger at God, you know, kind of questioning, you know, why this person's life was cut short. And, you know, you may look around and see, you know, other people who are doing bad things and seem to be living long lives, you know, just the sense of unfairness of it all can create a sense of anger and outrage. Um, And then there can be uh, this embarrassment or humiliation for those who had publicly hoped and believed that the person was going to get better. And so sometimes when we have, you know, made declarations or statements to others of like, oh, I'm not worried. I'm sure they're going to be fine. 
Um, and then, you know, if they pass away, really this sense of like, how could I have been so wrong um, can come up emotionally. And then there can also be uh, the sense of guilt, which I connected with the anger, sometimes feeling guilty that we wish we had done more for them when they were alive or wish we had done more uh, to, to help their health uh, toward the end of their lives. Um, and then there can also be what we would call survivor's guilt of why am I here and this person didn't make it. And so I've heard this with uh, siblings. When one sibling dies and the other sibling survives, you know, there can be this sense of, you know, everybody liked them better or they were a better person or they were more deserving to be here. And why am I still here? Um, and so whatever your relationship to that person is, uh, being aware of all of the different emotions. And then I want to name one that is unpopular to hear, but it is some people's experience. And that is relief um, that if the for multiple reasons, sometimes if the person was in pain, there can be a sense of relief of, oh, good, my loved one doesn't have to suffer anymore. Or the other side of that is if there was um, a unhealthy relationship with the person, if the person was abusive in some ways, uh, then there can be a sense of relief um, of not having to deal with the abuse or the harm um, any longer, right? Um, and so one of the things we've talked about in the homecoming podcast is you can have more than one feeling at the same time, right? So you may be confused about things and then also feel guilty. You might have a yearning for them, a missing of them, and also be in shock. Um, and then I do want to name um, also, in addition to these, um, a sense of uh, celebration or a sense of, of, of like deep awe and honoring of this person, right? That it, it may be um, that, yes, you uh, miss them, but you also, when you reflect on their lives, you know, what they meant for you personally, it may be even larger than you this sense of like a life well lived, right? Of like, oh, you know, this person, I really admire them. And so I'm inspired by the way that they live life. Uh, that can be, you know, a part of the story as well. Uh, and so whatever it is that you're feeling, I want you to know that a part of homecoming is giving yourself the space, uh, the freedom, to be able to feel your feelings and uh, that it is so important uh, in the grieving process uh, to try not to rush yourself. Uh, there are times when we're saying like, oh, I should be over it by now. It's, you know, it's been a week, it's been a month, it's been six months, you know, it's been a year. And, you know, with the relationship the, the closeness of the relationship, life can be very, very different. And you will not forget that person nor their place in your life. And so I would say, you know, to be patient uh, with yourself, to have compassion for yourself, because our feelings of grief are often a, um, a, a manifestation of our love right? That we allowed ourselves to love them deeply. 
And so then we really feel uh, their physical absence. And so uh, to not be quick to judge yourself harshly for wherever you are with your grieving and mourning. Also to know that we all um, can express our grief and loss differently. And so to try not to be judgmental of family members and friends who may be handling it in different ways. Uh, So some people get very busy and invested in, I need to put all my energy into organizing their service because their service is so important to me and that's what's going to like occupy my time. And then some people, they are not going to be helpful at all with planning, you know, any kind of funeral that they are, you know, sitting and really overwhelmed by their tears. And then some people have not cried at all. They feel that numbness uh, that Amina was speaking about. Um, And then for some people, they kind of walk around with an attitude, like very uh, irritable, and they want to talk to whoever was at the hospital. And, you know, uh, there is this can be this kind of free floating uh, rage. Um, And so whatever uh, people are feeling, whether they're coping by staying busy or they are disconnecting um, for us to have compassion for each other. And different people will want different things. So some people, it's really helpful for them to be around family and they will want a lot of family gatherings or they will like, you know, their friends to keep calling them. And other people just really want some space, right? That they need some like sacred silence. They need to not have to have forced conversation, they don't want people to keep asking them, how are you? Um, they, they just want silence, right? Silence and some solitude. And so wherever you find yourself to have compassion toward yourself, and then as you look around at, at people who are in your circle, to have compassion for them as well. And then as you're going through your grieving process, it is important to really uh, reflect on this person's life. You know, sometimes we try to distract ourselves, um, but it is important to consider um, what uh, do I appreciate? What did I appreciate about this person's life and the ways in which they affected my life? Um, What are our memories together? Good times and maybe even challenging times. You know, what is the story, the complicated, messy, layered, rich story of our relationship? And uh, as you reflect on that, to really consider what you learned and what you gained from having known this person, you know, what you learned from their life, what you gained as a result of you all's relationship, which really puts us in a place of gratitude for any of it that was good. And not only do we want to feel our feelings to really take time to reflect and honor this person who we loved and cared about, um, but then you want to be mindful about seeking uh, support. Uh, Who are the people who you feel you don't have to perform in front of, right? Who are the people that you can tell the truth Uh, whatever it may be that day, that week, that hour. And so it really is important to have supportive relatives and friends 
who will be there beyond that one day, beyond the one week, um, but who are more consistent in your life. And then I would also encourage thinking about joining bereavement groups because it can be helpful to talk with other people who are in the process and on the journey as well. And so uh, whatever community you find yourself in, family circle, friendship circle, support group, is to practice, get in the practice of expressing what you feel, not what you think other people want to hear. Um, But I hope there are some people in your life that you can tell uh, the truth to, you know, however complicated that is. And many people have complicated grief because they had complicated relationships with their loved ones. And then it is important during your grieving process to be mindful of your own health and wellness. Uh, Many times, as I mentioned before, with being shocked, we can lose sleep. We can lose our appetites. And so being intentional about uh, laying down to rest, and even if your mind is still going or emotions are going, the just giving yourself permission, giving your body that break uh, to lay down and breathe and relax is really important. And also tuning into your meals, right? Trying to eat healthy meals every day. Um, If you have access to that is really important, not waiting until you feel hungry because you might not ever feel hungry if your appetite is gone, but putting something in your system to nourish and uh, nurture yourself. And then also uh, drinking lots of water is important and being mindful um, about uh, dependence on substances. Some people in the midst of grief Uh, turn to alcohol and other drugs to uh, get relief. But the reality is those substances can often uh, lead to increased despair, right? An increased sense of hopelessness or powerlessness. And so you want to be mindful about what you are putting uh, into your body temple and trying to uh, make choices that will edify and sustain your life. And then one of the important recognitions in grief is making the decision to live again, right? For so many, consciously or unconsciously, there can be a a shutting down, shutting down emotionally, shutting down physically, shutting down spiritually, and in some ways, uh, desiring to check out, like this person isn't here anymore. And it's so painful or it feels so empty uh, having, you know, that sense of being stuck and really trying along with the support. So you don't have to do it by yourself, but with the support of people around you to make the decision to re-engage in life, right? To accept that I cannot change the past. I cannot change that uh, this person has died. Uh, But now it is for me uh, to choose to be present, right, to choose to live. For some people, it's an honor or tribute to that other person. Um, And then for others, it is recognition and appreciation just for the gift of life. You may say, I don't know why I'm still here, but I'm here. So I want to live with the time that I am here. And so I hope uh, that you have the supports in place 
around you and within you to be able to make that choice. Um, I would say if you're in that grieving process to try not to make major life decisions uh, because when our emotions are turned so upside down to make a decision uh, to move or to quit a job or to suddenly end a relationship, uh, you may want to give yourself just a moment, a season for the dust to settle, to get more clarity about, you know, what is the grief speaking and what um, and what is my truth, right? What is the truth about where I am, what I want, uh, what I need? Yes, that it is true that sometimes in the aftermath of losing a loved one, some things that you have been wrestling over may be very clear now. Um, but I would just encourage with that clarity to give it a breath uh, instead of doing 20 million huge things to change your life um, when it really may just be the grief and you needing to take time to feel and to process the mourning. Um, I have named the importance of being patient with yourself. And I also want to name the value of getting professional support as well. Uh, talking with a therapist, with a chaplain, with a pastoral counselor can be helpful, uh, has been helpful for many people. There are also self-help books on grief and loss. New Harbinger Press has a number of those resources. And then I would uh, encourage you uh, to think about a physical um, object or a physical art form um, that you can have as a kind of touchstone, a connection, a memorial, a tribute to that person. Uh, for some people, it is putting the person's picture in a special place. Uh, for some people, you may create artwork in honor of that person. So creating a collage, uh, painting a picture, uh, writing a song that is uh, in celebration of this person. Uh, some people will go out and get items that that person liked, like seashells, or if they liked elephants, that whenever you collect an elephant, you think about that person. And so uh, whatever that uh, symbolic honoring and tribute is, uh, that can be an important part of the process. Now, I do want to say for those who are listening, who may be the friends of people who are grieving, that it is important as a friend uh, to be able to sit with people in their sorrow. And uh, one of my quotes is, um, uh, sacred silence is more important than filling the air with a lot of empty words. Sacred silence is more important than filling the air with a lot of empty words. And so sometimes because of our discomfort, we can feel the need to just talk, 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 trying to make the person laugh or smile or feel better. Um, but sometimes when we do that, people feel like they have to pretend to feel better for our benefit. So it's important for you to be able to communicate that you're with the person, whatever it is they're feeling, that they don't have to dress it up for you. They don't have to perform it for you, um, that if they're really missing the person, if they're really angry, if they're really sad, if they're really empty, whatever it is they're feeling, 
for you to be a safe space for them to be able to speak that, to speak it out loud. And then you want to be careful about these cliches or, you know, sometimes people will, you know, say these little statements that are supposed to take it all away. And so if you would relieve yourself of the false duty of coming up with a catchy statement, uh, that will ease a lot of tension uh, because it can be very painful when people make these comments that are supposed to like wrap up their the death of their loved one in like a nice bow and supposed to just package it and make it okay, um, where really uh, that saying of it's okay not to be okay. Right? When someone that you loved and love uh, so deeply is no longer physically present, uh, it is disruptive, right? And there is uh, no shame in that. There, you're not doing something wrong because you really, really miss this person. Yes. So uh, you want to be that kind of friend and support person where people can share what they feel, where you're not giving these just like catchy statements, trying to make people act like they feel better, and then offering uh, assistance, right? Uh, and and not only offering it, it's sometimes just volunteering it. Because if you just say, let me know if you need something, sometimes people will never say it. And so that's when we have the tradition of bringing food to the house or helping the person clean up, telling them not to worry, you'll take care of the kids or whatever way you can practically be of assistance so that that person or that family does not have one more thing to worry about. And then also, you know, encouraging the use of professional support. And again, not in a shaming way. It helps if you've ever been to a counselor before, and then you could recommend it that when I was going through a really hard time, you know, that talking to a therapist or a counselor was helpful. And, you know, maybe you should give it a try. It might be helpful for you uh, to just put that out there is important. And the last thing I want to say is that children also experience grief. And sometimes uh, adults avoid talking about grief and loss with children. You know, this idea that if we won't talk about it, they won't feel it or won't notice it. And that's simply not true. You know, if this was a part of their life, you know, their grandparent, their parent, a, a friend from school, a sibling, and this person has died, you know, it's important to talk to them, of course, at a, a stage that's appropriate to their age. And it doesn't have to be like graphic, you know, gruesome details, um, but to really have conversations. And I want to say plural, because if you just mention it once, the kid may not uh, have a lot to say because they're trying to digest what you just said. So you want to keep that door open for whenever you have thoughts or feelings about it, or if you're thinking about uh, grandma or you're thinking about your cousin, if you want to talk about it, we can talk about them anytime, right? You want to give them that message versus this idea that it is something that we can never speak about. Yes. So I am so appreciative that each of you are here and knowing that there is grief, that there is mourning, bereavement, that there is loss. And yet, a part of you is still committed to this process of coming home to yourself. 
And I know that can be very, very difficult, but I honor that you have even chosen to show up for this episode and to hear it through to its completion. And so I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. <laughs> 